Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Today's episode is dedicated to all the brave souls who communicate truth, no matter how uncomfortable or unpopular. The rebels, the mystics, the seers, the researchers, the poets, the ones who have courageously put their necks out there. On behalf of humanity, I would like to thank you for bringing us along. We couldn't have done it without you. Today's episode brings us into some esoteric yet essential terrain. My friend Champ Perinia, the creator of the Great Awakening Map, and I finally take an honest look at the secret space programs. And my hope is that the episode acts as an initiation for you, that you hear just enough truth and curiosity and perhaps synchronicity to have your own dive down into the rabbit hole. How do you dive down the rabbit hole in the secret space programs? By reading a couple of Dr. Michael Sala's books. That's where I would point you. Why there? Well, he is a meticulous researcher with rock-solid military whistleblowers and declassified documents. That and he organizes the material in a way that the layperson can follow and integrate. It seems a new paradigm is here, and this piece of the puzzle is perhaps the one that brings the whole galactic and cosmic picture into greater focus. I know it did for me and for my guests today. Let's take a walk on the wild side with a trusted guide, Great Awakening map creator and researcher, Champ Perinia. Champ Perinia is a Buddhist yogi and the creator of the Great Awakening Map, the supreme red pill meme that has awakened countless minds around the world. Presently living in meditation retreat and traveling Thailand, he also runs Instagram's popular Ascension Knowledge page that some of you may know as 5D Awakening Consciousness. Here is my interview with Champ Perinia. Okay, I'm here with Champ Perinia creator of the Great Awakening Map, artist, consciousness explorer, uh, meditator, and spiritual warrior, Champ Perinia. Champ, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much, Tony. It's wonderful to be back with you after, I think it's been over six months or more. It has been. It has been. And my first question is kind of, how has it been going? You're still in Thailand, right? Yes, I'm still living in my own meditation retreat house in northern Thailand. And I haven't really traveled outside of my my village that I live in, other than maybe taking a trip to Bangkok once or twice um, during the past year. So I've been pretty much practicing my meditation practice and living in solitude as much as I can. Wow, that's that's deep. I mean, uh, uh, is that is that something? I mean, is or is it a program that you're doing, or is it really you're just in this exploration and you're just going to do it as long as you feel called to do it? It's not like you went away to live in a in a monastery for a year or something like that. Or is it structured? Or is it just kind of your own thing at this point? The format that I've taken as my life. Um, started after I moved away from Los Angeles three years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Thailand, I had already been studying Dzogchen meditation for about two years. Mm -hmm. So as it's been now, it's been about 
three years since I've lived here. So I've been practicing Dzogchen for about five years. And I live as a yogi. So I practice on my own. And I read and study every day. But I am also in contact with two of my lamas who live in California. Mm. So through Zoom videos, we can talk and I can ask them questions that I need to. But I'm also studying from a lot of other lamas who teach Dzogchen on YouTube. Mm. Because that's how it's been for the past two years. All the lamas are teaching on YouTube. Yeah. So I've gotten to meet and feel the, the presence of all these great um, practicing Dzogchen lamas. And living in meditation retreat is how the yogi lives. Was there, was there a reason that you chose uh, uh, Thailand? Was there a t- particular teacher there? Or did you have family? Or what was how, how did Thailand factor into it? I am Thai by ethnicity, so, but I was born in New York City. So when I was a child, my mom and dad got me a dual citizenship. Oh, okay. And, I see. Yeah. And it just happened that the universe was timed perfectly that during this part of my life, I was able to just decide to move away from Los Angeles and come to Thailand mm-hmm. and just start a whole new lifestyle and a whole new mindset for the next, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Because when I decided to become a Dzogchen yogi, and practice uh, the Buddhist Dharma, this was the most perfect situation for me to come here and just live in a whole new environment. But Thailand is primarily a Buddhist country, so I get to be near and dear to the teachings of the enlightened Buddha. And even though the school of Buddhism here is much different than the, the Vajrayana that I practice, it's still a very good energy to, for me to be surrounded mm-hmm. by this type of uh, environment for my, for my next journey of my life. That's great. That's great. Um, well, you, you know, you're really known for the Great Awakening map. Um, and we talked a lot about that in the first episode that we did together. Um, and I talk it up as much as I can. I think it's just a fantastic work of art. Um, my dad has it. A number of my friends have it. Um, I just wanted to ask you, do you update the thing? Is it, I mean, it's so comprehensive. I can't imagine putting anything else, anything else in there. But you as a seeker, uh, you're probably still finding stuff that maybe could be part of the map. And, and there might be things that emerge that want, to be seen and want to be maybe a larger piece of the map. So is it something that you, as an artist, do you revisit the Great Awakening map um, from time to time? Is it something that evolves over time as you take a look at it and go, well, this is kind of, maybe doesn't have to be quite as big on the map. And I think this thing needs to be magnified a little more. I mean, what's, what's your process as an artist with, with the Great Awakening map uh, as an ongoing dance, I guess? In... Mid-2018 is when I finished the map and I posted it onto the interwebs forever. And since mid-2018, I have not updated it at all. Yep. yep. And, I, and I feel that it should remain that way yep. because leading up to its creation, I had to spend 10 years as uh, a, an extremely dedicated metaphysical mm-hmm. researcher. Yep. And... For those 10 years, I didn't create anything. It was just all in my mind. Mm -hmm. So all that information is something that I felt other people should know and would know. Mm -hmm. And when I 
finally shared the map to the world, I was so surprised that the majority of the people on this planet have no idea what's going on in that map. And that's what really shocked me is because the state of the world that we live in right now is due to people not being aware of the truths of our reality. And these truths are so overarching. They, they go all the way into terms of health for our body. So people without being able to take care of their health are not being able to maintain a higher state of mind. And therefore, they're more succumbed to the the negative agendas of our government and all of the corporations who don't have our best um, agendas at their heart. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, where do you think we are right now? Like, it's been framed, I framed it on this show, and I've heard other people frame it as kind of the great reset of the World Economic Forum and the globalists or the deep state or the criminal cabal, whatever you want to refer to them as, um, uh, versus the great awakening, which is, is what we're talking about, this kind of uh, wave of awakening of awareness, not only of our spiritual nature and our interconnectedness, but also an awareness of uh, the corruption and the deception and the lies uh, that we've been swimming in without awareness of that. Um, And you can see it played out when you have eyes for it. You can really see it being played out uh, right before us, you can see what the deep state's trying to do, and you can see the counter moves that the white hats or we the people are making, and you can see a lot more people becoming aware of what's happening because of your map and because of conversations that are happening um, all over the place, and podcasts, and and writing, and articles. Um, where do you th- where do you see us right now? Are we are we at a point where? it's going to be more rapid fire coming in. I mean, when you and I did our other episode, I mean, I really, and a lot of people thought, hey, we're going to hit something that's going to hit a tripwire for the white hats and it's just going to come at us, you know, bam, 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 bam. Well, it didn't happen that way, but it still happened. It still feels like things are happening really rapidly. It's weird. It's, it's happening slow and people are impatient because they want to get to the big juicy stuff that will be in our history books. But at the same time, there's all this movement towards truth right now. And I feel like every day I see more evidence of that. And so I, I don't know how you're feeling. I feel a lot of faith right now and a lot of trust in the process that maybe I didn't have the first time you and I spoke. I was maybe, you know, I could see what was going on. I'm like, let's hammer this down and once and for all be done with the deep state. But it, it, it doesn't, this is a long, long, long battle. And it, it, it's not one, it's more like a chess match than a, you know, than an explosion. It's all over and done with. But I wanted to just ask you, are you, are you optimistic? Where are we at? What are you seeing in terms of this kind of dark and light battle that we've spoken of? Everything that you've just said, I also see it the same way. <laughs> exactly. I see how it's such a long drawn out battle. And like I was telling you uh, just a few seconds ago, I started working on the map 10 years ago. So if you look at the very bottom of the map, there's just this thin line of text with all of the most typical deep state conspiracy, government uh, conspiracy, conspiracy truths. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been going on for so long. It, it's the same template every year. It just changes a little bit. You know, there's somebody new in power. There's another prob- problem. There's another false flag. There's another thing to be afraid of. So, I mean, the things going on today 
seems to be the same things that were going on 10, 20 years ago. It's just that they just keep renaming and rebadging these problems yep. and these wars and these, these um, items to fear that they pump out on mainstream television. Mm-hmm. So the battle continues on. And as more and more people awaken, the more the people in power are going to either have to change their ways or continue on until they find some type of spiritual catalyst in their life that makes them look at themselves and say, hey, you know what? I'm doing something really bad for society. I need to get out of this uh, corrupt politics and do something for society. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have to take down the system by teaching everybody how to have more love and more respect for our world. Mm -hmm. And I think that the only way we can change these politicians and corporations in power is to have some type of global mass consciousness change where Mm -hmm. everybody starts to realize that if we just stop doing corrupt things, then everybody will benefit. Mm -hmm. But until then, we're just going to keep seeing the same types of narratives being pumped out on our fake news media every day. That's true. I mean, one of the things that we've kind of identified over time is that, you know, a lot of the deep state is, you know, they're basically sociopaths and psychopaths that are anti-human. I mean, they, I don't, they, they could be hybrids. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole necessarily. But the one thing we know is that they just don't have the same sort of consideration for human lives, you know, and, and you can see it in how they behave. They, they, they are more interested in power than they are in the human story. Um, and you know, it, I, it's funny because as somebody who, you know, I have a strong spiritual life. And so I'm really in my learning, I'm learning how to not demonize the other, even though I see that the deep state has done X, Y, and Z it's, it's not for me to be a victim and say, oh, those bad guys are doing these things to us for thousands of years. If I recognize that, that's fine. But then what is it that I'm bringing to the story, the emerging story of humanity that's going to help change it? Telling the truth or speaking the truth is part of it. But like you mentioned earlier, how am I elevating elevating the story, elevating the frequency? Because if all I'm going to do is sit and complain about group X, I'm not really doing that much, right? If I can't find an elevated narrative or a myth or something that gives us like inspiration and connected to the divine and interconnected with each other in nature, if I can't find words and service to the people, then then I'm not really providing, I don't feel like I'm providing that much. So I have to integrate Yes, there's a deep state. Yes, these guys have been trying to, you know, reduce our population and do all these things to us. But we have the ultimate say in how we collectively handle this. And we can do it with power and love. And that's what they don't really have an answer for. So, I mean, that, that's kind of my take on the, the spiritual and the rubber meets the road deep state. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree because... What we have to do as people who walk the spiritual path, um, if, you, if you look at the teachings of the spiritual masters, of the Buddhas, of Jesus, they would look at these people in power as, as like, like you said, sociopaths, psychopaths, because during their youth or their upbringing, they've had these 
mental problems or these heart problems where they weren't given proper love and respect and attention. So as they grow up and work in these uh, places of power, they have a disconnection of respect and, and connection to to Mother Earth as a whole. They've yeah. never had a spiritual understanding of what their role is in life. Mm-hmm. And that just comes from their karma of their past lives and their upbringing. And we have to have compassion for these people. And we also have to understand why they're doing the evils that they're doing. And once we understand something of that type of basic nature of where it's coming from, we can better uh, understand how to affect change within these people and within their groups and organizations that they work in. So the corrupt government is full of all sorts of people who haven't had that type of proper uh, upbringing of love and, and spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. So we need to, as a whole, figure out a way to care for these people and maybe heal them in a way that doesn't you know, turn them off completely the opposite direction. Right. So these are questions that we have to ask ourselves, uh, spiritual questions. And we also have to remember that we, we always need to um, walk the right path and, mm-hmm. and treat people with respect no matter what they've done. And we should never kill as a retribution for other people's killing. We have to try to heal these people um, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, because that is the ultimate goal is that everybody returns back to their true nature, the true nature of, of love. That's beautiful. Yeah. I had a guest on, uh, Roy Holman and he, we were talking about this and he added a layer of, you know, he said, cause we talked about the sociopaths and, and, and all that stuff. And he goes, but remember a lot of these people that are running things, they're the children of deep state players themselves. And a lot of times they're not only not brought up in love, they're actually traumatized to be sociopaths. So they have rituals so that they do not feel, you know, it could be like killing a cat or something like there's, there's MK ultra kind of techniques for creating in a human. And you would think, well, who in the hell would do this to their kids, but it's to groom them to rule. And it, it sounds like crazy and wild, but it starts to fit in a particular piece. And it actually, when he said that, I was like, I totally read this a bunch of times and it actually brings up more compassion because some of these people have been groomed to be the way they are. They're not just, you know, a random, you know, psychopath. They've actually been raised to kind of be that way. So, you know, you brought up the secret space program, um, which is prominent on your map. And I wanted to talk to you about Dr. Michael Sala's books. You know, I was aware of Dr. Sala for years. And, you know, when you first come across secret space program, you know, you might, you know, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, you know, and I'd be like, okay, maybe, you know, and then I would see some whistleblower had put something out. I'd see an article or somebody would, you know, I would see more stuff or I'd talk to some more people and I just always kept it as a, it could be, you know, I just kind of kept this open. (laughs) Maybe there's been a secret space program. Maybe there's whistleblowers that have been 20 years and back like, okay, let's, let's just, 
I'll just put that over here. You know, um, I had questions, but it, they weren't getting answered right away. And that was okay. Uh, I'd read David Icke and read other people. And so years had gone by, you know, I've had chance to integrate a lot of different, you know, red pills. I've been brought along uh, by, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different books and articles and YouTube videos and whatnot. And then last year during COVID, I got my hands on three of Dr. Sala's books. The, the Air Force Secret Space Program was one, the Navy Secret Space Program, and then a book called Just Space Force. And it is astonishing to me. It, I don't know how anybody can read it. And I, I don't want to say not believe that there's a secret space program, but I don't know how anybody could read it and not go son of a bitch. Like, because it is so meticulously researched and it's not just his ideas. It's, it's declassified documents. It's whistleblower after whistleblower from the military you know, and these guys are not known to be, you know, serial liars. Um, and what starts to come into focus is that there is not only a secret, there's multiple secret space programs. He talks about the, the Air Force secret space program, the Navy. Uh, there is a corporate conglomerate one that's not tied to any kind of government necessarily, or at least ops operates a little independently. And the shocking part to me is that the book lays out that we have been collaborating with multiple uh, ET races for a long, long time. And I think people would read that and go, I, it would be hard to believe if the book wasn't so well-written and, and researched. And you start to realize, or at least I did, these books are really a soft disclosure. This is to get people ready for what's coming. And it also ties in Trump because... The in, according to Dr. Sala, uh, the United States shifted its alliance. We were much more al aligned with the Antarctic group, which was called the Draco Reptilians, uh, the Alpha Draconians, I guess is another name. We were much more aligned with them, and we shifted to uh, a more pro-humanist alliance with a group called the Nordics. And that had massive repercussions. Uh, Trump kind of represented that second group or or shifted the alliance. That's why he created Space Force or brought Space Force underneath. It was basically going to be a, a, a space agency that that integrates all of it into one, which was groundbreaking and had these massive reverberations. So uh, after reading the book, I was like, this, this fills in a bunch of blanks, including the deep state, its connection to ETs, and why there's been so much secrecy. Because they don't want everybody knowing all about this stuff because, you know, can you imagine people just talking about, you know, space travel and our alliances and, oh, do you think we're going to do this and sign this treaty out in this other galaxy? I mean, it sounds so far-fetched, yet it seems so close at the same time to me. I love the secret space program yeah. and I love... Um, talking about DMT. So Secret Space Program and DNT are always the two most mind-blowing topics you could ever discover on the Great Awakening map. So when I first got into this stuff, I was cloistered in my little condo living in Orange County. And I spent years and years just reading books and listening to YouTube lectures of as many whistleblowers as I could find. Mm -hmm. And 
when I first stuck my toes into this world, it was through the work of Richard Hoagland mm. talking about structures on the moon and on Mars and all of the uh, strange occurrences of NASA and all of the things that they've been hiding from mankind. Yeah. So my entry into the secret space program was just like you said, it's just like, do I really believe this or should I just put this on the side, come back to it later? So, you know, over the years, uh, a decade flies by and I had amassed all of these whistleblowers from all sorts of areas of the secret space program. So I was able to piece together a huge big picture view mm -hmm. of what's truly going on. And this is to say, you know, I've had some researchers who I respect more than others and who some others who I just take their information in, but don't believe it at all. So you have to sort of make up your own big picture view um, as best as you can, because every other researcher is going to have their own big picture view of the secret space program. That's just the way it is. And that's just the way it's always going to be. Yeah. So once you mentioned the ICC, you said uh, interplanetary corporate conglomerate. Yep. And for someone like you to know this term, it makes me so happy because these secret corporations that are running our world are also existing off planet. Mm -hmm. And when you are a corporation off planet, you have free energy technology. You don't have to follow the system of money based on the US dollar. Mm -hmm. You are creating spaceships and space fleets in other solar systems yeah. and they are a more negatively oriented corporation so they're aligned with the dracos and the reptilians yeah. and the reptilians have sort of a slave hold over the humans and they use the humans to create um to engineer technology and spaceships to go out and conquer other solar systems, just mm -hmm. like in Star Wars. Yep, yep. And these negative corporations are part of the reason why our governments are so corrupt, because they have a direct hold over all of the governments and institutions, including medical, including food, including energy. Our lives are being controlled by these negative groups who are existing in Earth, on Earth, and off planet. Yep. So... Once you get your mind wrapped around that, you'll start to understand why all the problems in our world exist. It makes so much more sense when you have a bigger picture view of reality rather than just reading CNN and uh, US Today. You're never going to get that type of big picture view. You have to be a secret space program researcher. You have to learn the true history of, of our wars and who was really, what was really going on and yeah. what was really going on underneath you know, Antarctica and, and things like that. So it's really amazing that you yourself have has gone this far down the rabbit hole that you're actually teaching me things about the secret space program that I may have not have ever known. Well, and it, it was interesting when I read his books and I, they're page turners. I mean, it's really fascinating. Um, he's a really good writer, uh, Dr. Sala. And one of the one of the dynamics that I came away with is, you know, they said that the the Alpha Draconians, which is the Antarctic, they're connected to the Nazis. The Nazis apparently had vast, vast advantages in space at the close of World War II, and they took their scientists 
to collaborate with this extraterrestrial race called the Alpha Draconians or the Reptilians. And our Air Force, apparently, uh, thinking they were the furthest advances uh, in the military space program, collaborated with the uh, Antarctic group or the Alpha Draconians, thinking that they had sort of technological superiority in all of the world. But what they didn't know, two things, that the Alpha Draconians were feeding them kind of 20 years ago technology. In other words, they weren't giving them the really cutting edge stuff. So the Air Force could only get out to in our solar system, in our immediate kind of near Earth with the technology that they were using. Unbeknownst to the Air Force, the Navy had made an alliance with the Nordics, which was a pro-humanity group, and they were vastly superior. And because all of this work is in secret and in silos and compartmentalized in these defense companies like Lockheed Martin and Boeing and, and uh, Raytheon and all these companies that would do uh, that would give materials and labor to these these uh, these programs uh, that the Navy was in deep space. This is in in a bunch in two or three of the books he mentions this that the Navy was capable of going beyond the galaxy uh, into other galaxies that they had battleships, large ones out in way out in space. And when the Air Force through these whistleblowers, like you had mentioned, like there was multiple whistleblowers like uh, Corey Good, there was there was a bunch of them that were coming out. And the Air Force originally, the leadership of the space program, the Air Force, the secret space program, originally apparently said, that can't be true, can it? And when they started to bring in Corey Good and others and started to ask them, they put them to a lie detector test, they put them through all their, their psychological tests, and they realized it's true. These guys are telling the truth. The Navy's been collaborating with a group, and they are way beyond us. So, And there was a famous quote in one of the books that one of the Air Force commanders, space commanders, said, we thought we were the tip of the spear in space, and it turns out we're the fucking Coast Guard is what he said, right? So he didn't take, he didn't take to, there's been other alliances in the United States and they've taken us way beyond. And this group that we've been partnered with for decades has been screwing us basically. And when that happened, this is about the time that Trump got elected and Trump was really looking to change the alliance of the entire United States space program to be one in alignment with the Nordics, which was a pro-humanity. The deep state really, as we know it, is, is the earth power grid or power structure of the old alliance with the Alpha Draconians. And so when, that's why they were so against Trump. It's not just white hat military. Trump represented a global, a cosmic and galactic change of alliance. And it had reverberations all throughout every, every layer of power was affected by this. Um, and when he brought over Space Force, they made a big deal when he created Space Force and said, this is where the United States Space Force is going to live. And it's going to be both the Navy and the Air Force together collaborating. And I just thought, wow, that, that added so much context to me in terms of seeing space as a huge, huge element and one that's been hidden to us by the deep state because of the alliance. And, and there was even indications in the books that because of this shift in the alliance, we may start to see 
soft disclosure more than something like Dr. Sala's books, which is a form of soft disclosure or more space uh, type movies are coming out of Hollywood that there would be actual, you know, reports of like, okay, this is what's real. This is what's really going on, which is what people are anxious to hear. I think for myself, I have always believed that full disclosure has already occurred Mm. and it's just that the human mind is just so slow to accept it. I mean, if you had it on first page news, around the world, nobody would care. People yeah. would just keep making TikTok videos, okay? Yeah. So full, full disclosure has already happened. It's just up to you and I to make these type of podcasts and teach it to the world mm-hmm. because nobody cares. My mom and dad don't care. I've been telling them for 12 years. They're like, nobody no, cares. I don't care. And, <laughs> and the truth is that if you look at Dr. Michael Sala's website, exopolitics.org, he has photos of actual... UFOs hovering over, I think, MacDill Air Force Base. Yep. Those are some of the best photos. Yep. These are um, submarine-shaped uh, UFOs and also like triangular or platform square-shaped UFOs. So these are actual Air Force secret space program ships that are decloaked above um, metropolitan areas in order to have that soft disclosure where people's minds are getting more used to seeing these strange objects floating in the sky using anti-gravity and free energy devices to uh to be powered and if you look on youtube or if you look even just browsing instagram every day there are thousands of ufo sightings every day in every country it's just that these don't make it to mainstream news because mainstream news is corrupt, as you know. Yep. So for myself, disclosure is all around. It's just up to people like you and me to make the initiative to teach this to other people and to actually go out and make contact with these uh, benevolent ET groups mm-hmm. by joining CE5 meditation mm-hmm. uh, contact groups which go out at night and they meditate in a circle and they have, sometimes they play like certain frequencies um, that attract certain types of beings or craft to appear in the sky. Mm -hmm. But mostly on, you know, on 99% of the nights, you're going to see lights appear in the sky and then disappear, or you're going to see orbs um, fly across the entirety of the sky. And, and these people also have an app that shows where the satellites are flying around in space. So you can tell which is man-made and which is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these, and they also have night vision goggles, which are amazing. Very rare thing to be able to experience. But once you put on these night vision goggles, the entire sky is filled with activity. Yeah. And you're just going to be like, how does nobody know this? Right. right. How does the military and the army not know this? Yeah. They actually do know this because there are YouTube videos of like soldiers playing around, you know, during their break in, in Iraq or in the Middle East. And then they're like, hey, try these night vision goggles. And when they put it on, there's all of these craft in the sky. Yeah. And the soldiers are like, what is this? So there's like, <laughs> yeah. there's like soldier whistleblower videos of these night vision goggles being used. Um, that's just one way of seeing craft in the sky. Um, I'll have to try that. I, 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 li- I like that idea, night vision goggles and looking up. You know, part of it, Champ, I think we get so transfixed with day-to-day drama, going to the store, getting groceries. Stuff. We don't even, we forget to look up even. I think we could have UFOs, there could be an armada over us and, and 80% of the population wouldn't even look up and notice it. 
I mean, I just don't, I just think we're just, we're kind of hypnotized down here. Um, and I remember too, when I read Sala's books, I always assumed everything flying around was, you know, probably an extraterrestrial from another planet type of thing, you know, Pleiadians and Syrians and whatnot. But when I read his book, I'm like, son of a bitch, how many of these are just our own secret space program? You know, like the Air Force or the Navy that's doing doing stuff and maybe they're doing it so we'll actually start to become aware of what's going on, right? Yeah, I would probably make a guess that 50% are ET, 50% are military Mm -hmm. because, you know, most of the sightings that I see, they seem to be more like of a military type of movement in the sky. But when you start to see orbs that make sort of organic movements in the sky, Mm -hmm. then you can kind of ascertain that, okay, these are more like beings of light that are moving through space rather than military craft that are constructed out of metal. Because the higher dimensional beings, their craft are not necessarily created out of earth material such as metals they're more of like a amorphous light that we see as orbs Mm -hmm. but these orbs just could easily be turned into a shape of a being or sometimes they could be a ball as big as the sun so once you are a 5d being you can make your craft it's basically your merkaba vehicle you can make your consciousness any shape and size it needs to be to portray itself to lower dimensional beings such as you and I who live in 3D. Mm-hmm. So when we look in the sky and we see an, an orb, that could be an ET being yeah. that happens to just be passing by and he doesn't want us or they don't want us to be freaked out so they turn into a ball of light. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, that's do. I do. kind of mindset you need to have when you look in the sky. Not yeah. all of these crafts not all of these craft are metallic submarine objects. Some of these craft are 5D things that we don't even understand. Right, right. It's all mind-blowing stuff, really. <laughs> so it's, it's like, fascinating. It, it is it's fascinating. going more and more fascinating as you study the spiritual aspect of 5D. Because, you know, the nuts and bolts aspect of it is the secret spoke program ufos and anti-gravity and free energy but once you start to realize what that transforms into as you go higher in consciousness is that the higher you go in consciousness the less you need technology the more you're using consciousness itself mm-hmm. and consciousness itself is so powerful that not even these reptilian draco alliances can touch these 5d beings mm-hmm. so that's what you have to remember that the reptilians and the dracos they are more of there are more 4D beings. They can't right. graduate to 5D because their hearts and minds are, are negative oriented. So they can have craft that go through mountains and go through solid matter, but they are not going to be able to spiritually ascend to a higher dimensional realm of consciousness. They're, they're, they're 4D ser- service to self, right? A law of one, 4D, 4D yeah. service to self. They got a lot of karma to burn off. 4D beings have access to free energy and anti-gravity, but spiritually, they may have to reincarnate as another lower type of mm. being. They probably won't be able to incarnate as a, as a human or a higher being than that. So mm-hmm. due to their negative activities um, in this life, they haven't, they haven't made that step yet. And that's what they're trying to do, but they're being stopped by AI, by technology. Yeah. Well, and I and I, I I don't remember where I read it, but I remember that 
as as difficult. So you and I, you know, we would we would categorize ourselves as as uh, spiritual beings, spiritual warriors, uh, light workers, however you want to say it, like the light and the truth and love. That's our guiding principle. And so the darkness and and all that is, you know, I work to sort of illuminate um, and lies, deception, things that keep us uh, dampened down, our, 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 our divine light dampened down um, is something that's to me feels like I'm working to help with. But I remember somebody saying that like for for the dark side, for the service to self that we've been talking about, these, these negative entities, the light is painful. It's not like an invitation to change their ways. Anybody that speaks truth or comes from love, like it's almost like the compassion and love that you would show a sociopath, it's actually painful for them. It actually, it, they're, they're, it's, it's difficult for them to integrate. It's almost like a frequency that they just can't even um, process at this point. So, um, which I thought was interesting. You think, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't these people who maybe don't have as much feeling, don't have as much heart, um, aren't connected to the natural world in the way that we are, why wouldn't they welcome this kind of unconditional love or compassion? Why wouldn't that be something that they'd be like, oh my God, you know, I've been, I've been waiting for this. It's not, they, they fight it because it's, it comes off as something that's an irritant or is, um, you know, it would almost seem like evil to them. I have a feeling. Right. If you extrapolate all of the spiritual teachings of the enlightened Buddha, for example, mm. we are all born in the realm known as samsara. And in spiritual uh, ascension terms, samsara is also known as the matrix. So no matter how far you go out, inner earth or out into the farthest reaches of our galaxy, everything that we see, everything that's within the confines of space, this is all samsara. And any type of ET being that's born, or even humans here on earth, any type of conscious being has a mind. And this mind is either going to be attracted to objects or be averted to objects, mm -hmm. uh, a want or a not want. Yep. So the people who don't want love and who are afraid of uh, higher consciousness knowledge these types of people are having an aversion to samsara. Yep. They haven't realized that the entirety of their existence is within their mind alone. So that's why the Buddha's teachings are so powerful because all of these beings are still wandering and suffering in samsara. Even 4D beings and even 5D beings, Tony, you have to understand, some of these 5D beings, they cannot make it to 60 mm -hmm. because they still have a sort of attachment to samsara. They, they want a certain outcome for a certain groups of people that they've been watching over. So for instance, a lot of benevolent 5D beings have been custodians of Earth for so long, yep. but they can't make that leap to 60 because they are so afraid of the, the reptilian and the Draco taking over Earth. So yep. these 5D beings have to stay here and act as angels and protect us. So they still have this craving and aversion to samsara, which is keeping them in a certain state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. This game of samsara is the oldest game in the universe. And for us to transcend samsara requires meditation. And meditation brings the mind of a sentient being into a state of non-duality. And only in a state of non-duality can you realize the oneness of all things 
And at the moment of death, if you cross over in death with this non-dual state of mind, that's when you are the 5D consciousness. That's when you can actually make it all the way to an 8D, 9D consciousness, which is known as a buddhic consciousness. Mm. And this is not something that Buddha said. This is something that Ra said from the law of one. Yep. So you have all of these channelings that are very reputable, such as the law of one, talking about Buddha consciousness. Yep. And it's just so fascinating to me as a Dharma practitioner, studying the teachings of Buddha, but having come from the law of one. But when I was studying the law of one, Tony, I didn't even know anything about Buddhism. This was like, you know, during the last decade, the past 10 years. Yeah. So when I was curious one day, I was like, okay, let's see if the law of one of all the five books of the law of one, does it even talk about Buddha? So I went on to the law of one.org or law of one.info and you can search anything in the books. So I put in the word Buddha or Buddhism and the word Buddha came up only twice. Mm. And it only talked about the word Buddha in the term of Buddhic consciousness, yeah. which referred to as like a 9D or 8D consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's this oneness that a being can reach when their consciousness is totally at one with all. And that's the highest state of consciousness that a being can uh, ascend and inspire to be. So that was fascinating to me that a 6D, I think Ra may be a 6D or 5D being. I'm not, I'm like pretty six, sure. He was 60. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So even a 6D being like Ra has respect for Buddhic consciousness, which they have never even attained. Yeah. So you have to really see samsara in this way. You have to see the problems of our world dealing with this problem of not understanding what consciousness truly is. Well, it was interesting in that in Law of One too, because when the questioner asked Ra about what was beyond six D, he very honestly said, "I ha- I do not know because I do not live in that consciousness. I I have no concept of what seventy eight D will be. I can only speak from where I am and where I've evolved from, and I can speak from the different layers that are below me because I know those quite well. But what's above me is is a mystery." And I was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's pretty deep. Um, and to, to touch on something you said earlier, you know, you said there's guardians here um, that are, they're kind of caught in this battle here. I can feel myself as a part of that group somehow, because I feel very invested that, that the light wins here, that humanity wins, right? I'm, I've, I've done this a bunch, I have a sense of, and I'm, I want to leave the earth in good hands. And so I feel like we're close to having this kind of revolution of consciousness here. And it doesn't feel like my work's quite complete until I feel like that is on good footing. So I'm one of those that, you know, I could incarnate back again, even though that doesn't sound so great at this point, but uh, because I do, I do feel a sense of loyalty to this, this group, this, this tribe of humanity. And I feel their battle against the forces of darkness that have enslaved them. Um, And I feel, you know, my chips are on the table. My, my ancestors fought here. My, my future generations of mine will be here. And so I am invested in, in the outcome. And that's why I'm so excited, you know, to talk to you and to talk about the progress we're making, because it's, it's super important to me. Uh, and, and super important for my karma, I believe. Yeah, Tony, you are totally a light worker, mm-hmm. star seed, star child, indigo child, bodhisattva, old soul. 
these are all terms that label who you've been in past lives. And the most marvelous thing of what you said earlier is you feel like you've been here before and you feel like you have this connection and this, uh, this dedication to be here mm-hmm. is because that is the, the truth. We have chosen to come back here and help the world at this time, not because we knew we would fail, mm-hmm. but because we knew we would win. Yep. Your higher self already knows what's going to happen. And your higher self wouldn't bring you here if everything was just going to fail. Your exactly. higher self already knows you're going to win. So he said, your higher self said, all right, let's go down to this mission earth and help these beings awakened yeah. because it's going to happen. Every extraterrestrial race that's around our planet right now, they know that this planet is going to be free and that's why they're here watching. It's the greatest show in the universe. It's, it's been yeah. said. Yeah. And they also know that very soon there's going to be this great solar flash that occurs in some way, shape or form. We don't know, not even they know, mm-hmm. but they know that our entire sun and planet will have this great spiritual and consciousness transformation that will literally upgrade the human species as we know it. It's going to push out all of the negativity of our minds and it's going to let us live in this higher state of vibration. Okay. They call it a 5D vibration or whatever you want to call it. There's so many names for it. Yep. So this event is coming and it's slowly, slowly, slowly getting warmer and warmer and warmer. The energy is increasing. Things are getting crazier. If people mm-hmm. aren't spiritually al- aligned and grounded, they're going to go crazy during these times. So you have a polarity split of the new earth versus the old earth. And you and I obviously are making our way to the new earth because mm-hmm. we're here trying to awaken people as much as we can to all of this spiritual knowledge. And we want people to be ready open hearts and open minds for what's to come. And it's not based in fear. It's not based in complaining or being a victim. It's based in taking power into our own hands, into our own lives, and making sure that we are always in a state of peace no matter what happens. Mm. And this is the greatest superpower a human being can have during this time, is to always be at peace no matter what. Because you are an anchor to the earth grid, and your consciousness is affecting mother earth yeah so when we're all when all of us light workers millions around the world are in a state of peace meditating happy love we are literally pulling mother earth into a higher timeline mm-hmm. a higher timeline where the new earth occurs faster because going a little bit too slow obviously so we wanted to come quicker and sooner and more harmonious so just you and i being here in a higher state of consciousness than the rest of the world we're helping to pull our timeline to a more positive timeline because all the possibilities of peace and perfection already exist. There's a timeline where everything occurs perfectly. And for us to get to that timeline and not to a a bad timeline, we have to be in that state of gratitude and joy as if we are already going to that earth. We have to expect and, and assume we are already going to that earth. And that consciousness is going to pull the timeline into that vibration. So it's a matter of being grateful and knowing that everything's going to go well instead of running around in fear and confusion yep. and thinking that that you're going to die. Yep, yep. That's literally, it, it's literally that easy of a choice. You will go to the old earth and die if you want to have that type of consciousness. And many people already have. 
But the people who are trying to go to the best earth, the new earth, heaven, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. these are the people who have a meditative practice. Like you and I had a short meditation before we had this conversation. I was really impressed. Like, wow, just, you know, Tony contacting me of all people from the world. And, and he's actually meditating with me yep. before our, our podcast just mm-hmm. to ground ourselves. And that was really amazing. I didn't know other people in the world were doing these types of things. Mm-hmm. So it already goes to show that our consciousness is pulling in this more positive future for ourselves. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this type of conversation where we're able to um, share positive knowledge to so many types of people from around the world now. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was a good, that was a good riff there. We touched on a lot of truth. Well, Champ, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men. Man, what a wild ride this conversation was. I think we went in and out of all kinds of stuff, secret space program, ETs, 5D, 3D. Um, there's something here for everybody. I think it was a really wild ride, but I, I, I so appreciate you being a guide and being a partner in this. Uh, I feel like I can really unpack stuff with you and you, you know, between you and I, we can, you know, help each other make sense of it or help the listeners kind of see a picture maybe that you and I have been working on for a long time. So I appreciate your partnership and keep up the good work. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdoms today. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's always so exciting for me to talk about Secret Space Program. I could just go on and on for days with you and your audience. So hopefully, anytime you have me back, we'll go down the rabbit hole as deep as you want. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Champ. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. There are very few people I can think of where I can be so fluid in my questions and my inquiry as with Champ, especially about something so important as the secret space programs. I love what Champ said about that we are not waiting for disclosure, that it has already happened and human consciousness is in the process of integrating it, first with mystics and early adopters, then with the open-minded, curious, and creative types, and then by a large block of the population who will finally arrive at this in the coming months and years, as it becomes increasingly obvious that we are entering a full-scale galactic and cosmic future with allies and adversaries that we are all coming to learn about. I have three books so far by Dr. Saul, and I recommend all of them. The first is the U.S. Air Force Secret Space Program. The second is the U.S. Navy's Secret Space Program. And the third title is simply Space Force. Together, they paint a coherent picture for you. Dr. Saul's books can be found at www.exopolitics.org. Exopolitics.org is wild with lots of strange and new content. Most won't be for the newbie. So try not to get bogged down. Unless the rabbit hole is your jam, then click away and have fun. Once you find Dr. Sala's books, read them. Contemplate, consider, reflect, and imagine. Trust your gut and your inner knowing. And know that you're doing your part to prepare humanity and consciousness for what is being called disclosure. Thanks for walking with Champ and I on the wild side. I, for one, enjoyed your company. 
If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.